Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. here with the Dirt Road Circuit Riders, and we are really excited that you've joined us today. So excited. Yes, and I'm here with Mike Cool from hey. Vineyard USA, small, well, actually, Small, small town, town USA Vineyard um, from Wisconsin, and then we have uh, Doug here, who is from Crossroads Farm, and uh, I am Stephen Gvey from Dirt Roads Network. I live in Kansas. We are actually in Michigan today, in and the Michigan, weather Michigan. is beautiful. It is beautiful. How are things going in Michigan, Doug? What is what are things what are things like here? Uh, things are uh, so Michigan is uh, under it, you know we don't want to talk about it all the time, but COVID is uh, still that? a I've thing. Never, I've never heard it's of it. still a thing. Uh, Michigan is uh, a red zone. There aren't many of them left, but we are one of them. So you're number one or two in something. I'm yeah, yeah. It's not because it's, de- it's definitely not in professional or college sports. No, so. it is not. But uh, <laughs> it, I mean, this is just an indicator of how we feel about it. Here in rural America, we have a different take. And I was in a restaurant called Yankee Boy. This segment brought to you by Yankee Boy Restaurants, where they can get all the same stuff deep fried if you want it. So that's American. That's American. <laughs> God bless America. So we, uh, and I was not being facetious, but I was in the Yankee Boy restaurant and my waitress came up to the table and she's wearing a mask. Now, it's not too soon to tell mask jokes. And she had a mask and I'm not kidding you, it only covered her chin. It only could have covered her chin. It was like just the thinnest ribbon and on the mask was the printed message, this mask is worthless. That just... (laughs) In and of itself, America, right? So, in and of itself, that made me laugh because I'm like, obviously, it is because you're wearing it over your chin, stopping the chovid, and um, <laughs> and, and so, oh, man. and I'm not okay. making fun this of the, I'm not making fun of the disease at all. I understand. Don't send me your hate letters or whatever. But so she uh, she serves us, and she came back in and. Uh, we were ordering something to drink, and the guy I was with, a guy named Jason, he's at our Northwest branch. He orders a Coke, and I ordered a Diet Coke. And so we're drinking our stuff, you know, drinking the Cokes, and uh, we get done with it. And she came and said, would you like a refill? And we both said yes. She grabbed. I don't usually drink pop, but once in a blue moon, it's kind of fun. She takes the cups away. She walks away, and she comes back to the table with two full cups of presumably Diet Coke and regular Coke. And Uh-oh. when she gets to the table, she pauses, <laughs> looking at them. Well, they look identical. <laughs> the cups are identical. And she's trying to decide which I one don't like where this is was going. the diet <laughs> and which bad. one was the regular, right? Bad, bad, bad. And so I'm looking at the cup, and at the point where there's confusion, 
I know it's it's a shell game anyway. <laughs> like at this point, whatever cup you give me, Who's it's a look coin under toss. The shell? That's what yeah, I want to know. Fifty percent. So, so she she's really working this out in her head. Like what do, what what? How do I figure out Diet Coke? And I'm thinking, please don't taste it. Please don't taste it. Please don't taste it. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking right, right now. Yes. She didn't. She oh, sniffed okay. them. Oh, <laughs> here it is. Folks. Oh, there my it goodness. Is. Hey, for future reference, just so you know, for yeah. future reference, yeah. as an aficionado, yes. okay, yeah. Diet Coke yes. is is black. Yes. Regular Coke is brown. brown. You can look at it. There's you can actually, see. So you there's can actually, actually a tone color to you don't have yes. to You don't have to sip it, it with, I, your, with your COVID chin. I did. Or <laughs> well, sniff it? When she did, she went, okay. And then she put them down in front of us and said, I'm pretty sure I got that right. Did she? Yeah, she she did. She got and it right. Drink, my question is sniffing. that you drank that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. so that. today, yeah. today point, on the podcast, <laughs> at that point, you know, <laughs> we have been talking about the shifts that are taking place as we as pastors realize that we now live in a culture that is less than 50% even church members, something like less than 20% of people attend church. So we are now missionaries, and we've been talking yeah. about that shift, yeah. and we've talked about the importance of having a prophetic biblical voice speaking scripture into a culture that doesn't know scripture and speaking with conviction yep. and calling people to action. And one of the other shifts that we had talked about was how our role as vision casters, vision vision holders, I mean, how that changes. And, and so, Doug, as you think about this, I'm just going to just throw it to you first. What does this shift involve? What are we saying a pastor needs to do going forward in regard to this subject of vision? Yeah, man, I love this subject. So Crossroads Farm was birthed out of an idea, a dream, and it became a vision. It became a clearly articulated thought process, and we don't really wing much. So I, I'm, I'm going to start by saying that. Um, we had to realize the culture. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but we realized that our culture was less church than we thought, which was going to change the way we were doing ministry. And so we're a parachurch, a true parachurch. We work alongside the churches, but predominantly the students who are involved in our ministry are unchurched. About 60% have no church affiliation and are not believers. So 40% are. Um, the other thing that I think is pretty interesting is we're 17% here. In Kalkaska County, 17% of our people claim any religious affiliation. That's truly pagan. 21% here in Hillsdale County, as opposed to a national average, which is somewhere around a half. So, you know, let's start there. We had to understand the community. Yeah, go ahead. You know, it's interesting you say that. I, I think the stats are starting to bear that out everywhere. Yeah. But I think rural America is really starting to bear that out. Where we, in our county, in Chippewa County, Right now, we officially know that 75% of our county um, doesn't have any affiliation with any religion whatsoever. Yeah. And, and we see that. We yeah. see that, especially in the younger generations. Yeah. So younger generations coming up. How does that affect the pastor in terms of vision, though? I mean, so I'm, I'm speaking to younger generations that are right. far from God. Right. How does that affect the vision? Okay, let's, so let's question. start with this. We're going to speak in generalities about vision first. Right. Then we're going to pare it down to how we develop a vision. And I'm going to say this, Pastor, it is more than the words on your wall. 
I mean, we have words on our wall and we have a stated mission and vision statement, but until you get it right and can say it without thinking, you are just taking a memory test. It is not a DNA test. This concept of vision drives everything you do. Mission, vision, values. You'll hear us say it over and over again. In fact, Steve, Mike, you, you've just visited the shed down in South Central. Everything in that building says mission, vision, values. Everything in the building is deliberate. It's all our mission and vision. Absolutely. I think that was that's the key to everything. And I, I think personally, when it shows up, you, you're living it. You don't even have to talk it anymore. When you've truly got your vision going, your people around you are living it. It becomes not just the language of your, your voice, but the language of your love, the language of your actions. And I think that's what we're talking about DNA. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I was out in the shed, what I witnessed was exactly that. From even, the, even the way the, the entryway is decorated to just even where the to- toilet paper is held speaks of their vision to, values. You need to clarify. Yeah, let me, let me say, I've, I've, I mean, it's, a, it's a feed scoop for their toilet paper dispenser, <laughs> yeah. which, by the way, growing, growing up with my grandfather at a farm, I knew right away. I think she was surprised, but I'm a rural kid. Yeah. Um, but I think the key really is, is if, and, and even I'll say speak to our church, the same thing is like, it is so heavy that we can't move. We can't like literally move in our church if it doesn't relate to those things. It, it, those And those are the generalities. So right. I'm going to start by saying this, that vision is different than dreaming. Exactly. Uh, it's not just about a brainstorm about, you know, it'd be great if we did that. Every, every 20-year-old in college has 25,000 ways to change the world. And very few of them will ever come into fruition. That's not an indictment on 21-year-olds. It, it's probably more that we, we're not coming alongside of 21-year-olds who could literally change the world. We, we say that all the time as well to our 21-year-olds. Look, the reason you think you can change the world is you probably can. Now you have to find somebody who's going to help you do it. And uh, I think, so the difference between vision and dream, I break down this way really simple. A vision includes the work. Hmm, yeah. If you're just gonna, if you're gonna actually accomplish something, a dream is something you do in bed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're asleep. Yep. It, I know you, we have other things we want to cover in terms of how we do that, but let me just be the rural pastor for just a minute. Who yep. says I've gone to all these mega church conferences where they've talked about vision, and and quite frankly, I'm not sure how vision plays itself out in my little country church. Yeah, there's a problem with the statement, Steve. Uh, and and I know that, but but let's address that. I mean, what yeah. what do you what do you say to that pastor who says really vi- is vision for a church in the middle of you know in in Reading, Michigan, or I'm in a town of Lamont, forty, Kansas, Lamont, Kansas, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, right? Yeah. So my response to that is a quit going to conferences and expecting them to hand you a formula for vision. Mm. This is something God lays on your heart. What? Yeah, really? I know. Man, I, I can't buy it for nine ninety five. Now I'm going to have to pray. You now can, I'm going to have to pray and know Jesus. I'm telling oh, you, wow. if God hasn't written it on your heart, then what are you looking for here? Mm, right. What are you looking for? Yes. If God didn't lay it on your heart, you're probably not in the right place. And that's almost part of that calling. Where okay, oh, a missionary. Sorry, I was is, yelling. Yes, no, it's <laughs> good because this Passion. is this is what we're trying to. This is this is the shift. Yeah. We're not talking about vision so that we can be seen as successful and lead people towards and I know this is going to be a future podcast where we talk about the scorecard yeah. and all of that. Yeah. This is about God calling you to a place for a reason and it isn't just a vision for your congregation, it's a vision for your community. Biblically, 
biblically, how many times did God use trumpets and lanterns to defeat an enemy? Yeah. It was one time. How many times did God use a slingshot to defeat an enemy? One time. How many times did God tell a prophet to hold the hands of a king and fire arrows out of a window? One time. I'm telling you, when we're talking about vision, the first thing that I want to drum into the heads of the leaders is this is something that is distinctly you. Quit looking for a hero to come and save the day with a really clever catchphrase. That's not going to... Boy, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting, He's an angry elf is what it was. <laughs> yeah, angry just, elf. You know, just... You're a passionate I, elf. <laughs> yeah, I... This is the thing. If God hasn't laid it on your heart, you're messing around. And if you don't have a vision, then get one. Go away. Get quiet before God. And God will break you. And that's where the vision starts. Just starts. Mm, That's good stuff. Well, I think when you say that, Doug, all right, because we're going to go way off script here. Sure. I've just put up with several months of that pretend thing that we were talking about before. Okay. I've been putting up with COVID. Okay. I am tired. I am worn out. I feel like I need a break, and you're telling me I need to be broken. Yeah. And I sort of feel broken, but yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And and you know there are two philosophies on that, and I just want to I just want to lay this out here, but then I want to get back on track with you know how what do we do with this vision? You may need a break. Yeah. You know, I mean, Elijah needed a break, but there are two ways to be regenerate, you know, to, to really regenerate. Sometimes, sometimes you just physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally need a break. Mm-hmm. But there is another sense in what you need is to hear the still small voice of God and have a re, be re-energized with purpose and yeah. vision. You know, the interesting part about vision and that and being tired is vision carries you when you're tired. Now, it doesn't mean you don't need rest and Sabbath. Don't hear me say mm-hmm. that. But I honestly believe that, that the churches that have kind of survived well through this whole situation mm-hmm. never let go of their vision. Mm-hmm. And they knew who they were. Because you know what a vision really is? It's identity. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, vision's identity. It's who you are. It's in your DNA. Mm-hmm. When Doug talks passionate, it's his identity. This is who we are in the ministry, in the body of Christ. This is who we are. And, and you can't quit thinking about it you know when you have your vision, Patrick, because I've had pastors ask me this, like, how do I know for sure this is it, a young planter? And I'll always say, I'll always say this one thing. If you wake up and you go to bed, and from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you can't get it out of your brain. It's the Lord speaking to you in that way. Yep. So the vision is something I get from the Lord. The yep. vision is something that energizes me. Yep. Doug, what else would you add to this concept of vision in a rural context? Well, in a rural context, you're rural. That seems like such a stupid thing to say, but if if my vision looks like something I saw somewhere else, it's not going to work. Now, there might be applicable truths from other areas. Ministry done well is going to have overlap, but I have to stop looking at other ministries as the model for what God wants to do uniquely in my ministry, and that's that's such a critical component too. I'm, I say this all the time at our RCI meetings. I say, pastors, God has called you to this crisis at this time to do what only you can do. So let's move from the fact that, oh, I, you know, I don't know if vision works. Well, it better because otherwise what drives your biblical voice? I mean, your vision drives the things you're called to speak into. It drives the type of discipleship ministry you have. It drives the scorecard. You don't even have a scorecard unless you have a clearly articulated vision. And then what's the culture? You you are unaware of your culture 
if you don't if you don't see it through the eyes of a vision none of this is original stuff but for me i i simply started to put down faith goals and those were dreams those are things only god can do but by the way that drives me to my knees can you share those faith goals doug uh, you know, here's the thing. I do them often, but I can give you some examples. You give me some examples. I can yeah. give you some examples. So we knew when we started this ministry that we were going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with every student. This is our vision statement with every student in our ministry area and that every student in our ministry area would respond yes or no to the message. Every student for us that has numbers to it. And originally we said there are 3,500 students in our county here in Hillsdale County. Now we extend a little past that, but that didn't include the Amish families that we had. And we have a very large Amish settlement. And I was sharing with you guys last night that God is awakening a passion, not just for the 3,500 English, that's the Amish phrase, not just for those people who already have some kind of familiarity, but also for the hundreds and hundreds of Amish students in our community. And we're starting to say, okay, God, are you asking us to respond to that? I'm not at the point where that's a mission statement yet, but in terms of faith goals, I'm starting to add that into the faith goal that every student, and that would be 4,500 as opposed to 3,500 students would respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So my faith goal then creates a whole honking list of work goals. And, and by the way, what I think there's a, there's, there's a multi-tiered layer going on here. So there's your overall vision that God has given you. But inside that, there's there's these what I call mini visions or these realities that keep you to the main vision, those faith goals that drive you that way. Yep. And so I, I always tell people, I have a large vision for the rest of my life. I have a vision for the next 10 years in my ministry. I have a vision for the next five years in my ministry. Mm-hmm. And I have a vision for the next three years in my ministry. And by yep. the way, Pastor, I'll tell you this too. When you when you have this vision to lay out, and I'm going to say this when we do the scorecard, but I'm going to say it right now, and I may have said it in other podcasts, yep. that I learned from an old pastor. When it comes to vision and your expectations, your faith goals, we overestimate what we think God can do in a year because it's our own expectations, and we underestimate what he can do in five years. Mm. And what I mean by that is so often what he's given us for the vision, if it doesn't happen in that first year, we think somehow it isn't working. I think that's an important thing in the vision to understand that it's a long-term thing as you get those goals. Because you and I both know not all the Amish in the next two weeks are going to start. Well, maybe that'd be amazing, by the way. Sure. But, yeah. but you know, there's a long term to this thing is my point. And yeah. so the other thing that I think a real pastor is asking, and not to, you know, I don't want to go too long with the podcast, but okay, I have a vision. It does. It gets me out of bed. It leads to action. What about my congregation? Because my congregation doesn't seem to have uh, a vision. And, and that might be a whole other podcast, but, but what do you do with that? So you are the primary vision caster. Mm. You're not just the visionary. You're the vision caster. Steve, this is easy, right? If I want you to do something, I just show you what it looks like to be standing there having accomplished it. Yes. That's what vision casting is. So Moses didn't say, hey, look at the Red Sea. We're going to give this a shot. Hope it works. Who's first in? He led, first of all, he held He held the rod, he led, the water parted, and they went. They went for it because the vision was what was on the other side. It was freedom from the oppressors who were Egyptians. That was it. Look, you can stand here and die. There's your option. 
or you can do something dramatically different, you can walk through the Red Sea. A vision caster is telling the story of God's faithfulness already. Hmm. That's prophetic. If I am telling the story of God's faithfulness before God has had to act, A, you're right, I'm presuming on God's action. You know how I do that? Because I'm, I'm in the blood of Christ, and I'm claiming this in Jesus' name because God loves lost people more than I do. He loves rural people more than I do. He wants all. That's not me. That's biblical. He wants all to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Am I getting fired up or what? You are. So I'm a pastor. I'm listening to this. My heart is beating. I'm like, I know I have a vision. Yeah. What is the one thing I need to do when this podcast ends here in a few minutes? Write it down and then have somebody else look at it. Hmm. Write it down. Have somebody else look at it. Because if I'm writing it down, I I might not have the right thing I might not have it worded correctly. I'm not going to motivate people if I say it negatively. I I want it to... Don't start preaching it yet. You've got a lot of work to do. It's those work goals that make the vision goals. And by the way, we don't have one faith goal. We have many faith goals. And they go out 25 years. Absolutely. Exactly. That's yeah. absolutely the exactly. work goals. Yeah, that that's pages and pages and pages. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And so, pastors, as we wrap this up today, we just want you to know we believe that if you're called, that part of that is that vision that you have for your community. Yeah. Write it down. Do today the work. And uh, join us next time when we we move on and talk about the next step of that, defining the scorecard then that comes from the vision. But today, write it down. And if you don't have a vision, I don't want you to beat yourself up, no. but I want you to seek God. Yeah. If you've called yes, me here, this is too important for me not to have a vision. Yeah. Listen, you guys have a great day. We love you, rural pastors. Communicate with us on the Facebook page and, and just know that you are missionaries and you are our heroes. <music>